No my hearty Mike TNA Hortaka, you were on the panel RNZ National. Welcome, Wallace Chapman with you. Now State Highway 94 Milford Road Southland, uh, a lot of snow there. Chains must be carried tonight, uh, Tuesday, July 11 from 6 pm between Eastgate, Hollyford and the Chasm, due to forecast snow overnight to road level. Today on the panel, treated nuclear waste water from the damaged Fukushima power plant could find its way into the sea by Christmas. One million tonnes of it. That just after four. Dawn Raids Review urges new guidelines and a possible law change. We talk about that. Also on the panel, one of the great sport brands in the world could be making its way to New Zealand. And what is that? The state of origin. Wow, that at 10 to 5. And Google reviews have a potential to wreck a small business. Spam reviews are on the rise. Do you take any notice of Google reviews? Love to hear your thoughts on that. And... This caught my attention on threads. This is the new social media site. If someone offered you $5,000 to watch the same movie for 24 hours straight, could you do it? What would you watch? For me, Lord of the Rings, of course. Text me, 2101. What movie would it be for you? Or you can email me at the panel at rnz.co.nz. We are on iHeart. We are on Apple, Spotify. Always welcome. With me this afternoon, Heather Roy, former ACT Deputy Leader, Minister in the Key Government, now a Professional Director and Principal of Boutique Business Consultancy Talk Point. Heather, kia ora. Welcome to the panel. Thanks, Wallace. Kia ora. And Peter, for you, professional director, management consultant, uh, consultant talo for Peter. Uh, Bulavanaka, Bulavanaka, Heather. <laughs> <Kira. laughs> Good to have you both on. Now, All Blacks captain Sam Kane kicked out uh, at a pitch invader in Mendoza following the win against Argentina and said he regretted his split second decision. He didn't realise the pitch invader was so young. Governing body Sands are understood to have cleared Kane of any sanction. Kane went back to his Mendoza hotel and tracked the kid to apologise. They spoke via Zoom. Now, recall Richie McCaw throttling a pitch invader and an inebriated South African spectator, Piet Van Zyl, in an All Blacks cash clash, rather, with the Springboks. So how far do you go with these game ruiners? I thought, well, time to bring out our resident pitch invasion expert, commentator, <laughs> crowd go wild, James McConey. Kia ora, James. Kia ora, Wallace. How are you? How are you today? I am very well. Second time round. I'm sorry, it's still about the same topic, but you were so good last time. Um, <laughs> James, what did you make of what Sam Kane did? Well, first of all, I think it looked worse than what it was. Um, it was a trip. It was a kick. Yeah, he had to lunge a bit because, the, you know, the, the pitch invader was fast moving. Um, he's probably a bit unco because, you know, he is a rugby forward. And if you've ever played soccer or the rugby forward, you know, um, you will get kicked. So this is the thing. It's probably not as graceful as he would have wanted. He's just played 80 minutes of rugby as well. So That's I true. think it, is, it isn't as bad as, as what it looks, really. And like he said, he didn't realise the yeah. pitch invader could have been, you know, coming, he's coming straight for the All Blacks, could have been dangerous. Um, you don't know what they're going to do. It's not like it's a streaker because it's harder for a streaker to conceal a weapon, right? I mean, they can do it. But um, definitely harder. So I feel like he he just made a split second yeah. decision, and he and he regretted it. Tell me what some would say. 
why did Sam Kane even need to apologise? You know, you've got these people coming onto your turf. It's their game. What, what on earth? I think it's just human nature. He looked down, saw it was a kid, thought, uh, you know, or a teenager, and thought, oh, okay, maybe um, it was a. Uh, in, in hindsight, it's a bit harsh. But I think him wanting to sort of, uh, you know, lash out at a pitch invader isn't the worst thing in the world. And like you mentioned about Richie McCaw taking on Pete Van Zale or whatever, the guy who was a, mm. uh, admittedly attacking the ref. So you could see that his, you know, it was more nefarious, wasn't it? it was his intentions, but. That's that's all you can really judge it on. It's yeah. Just immediately think they could, they, that you're in danger. Um, in Argentina, don't forget, like fans in, in various sports, you know, they they take in you know urine bombs. If you've heard of those, Wallace, um, uh, you know, let's just say it's a balloon or a condom, and you you know DIY in the stands, and they throw it at each other. So you know, it's not the sort of country where you want to mess around, but. Um, also, I would say, normally when I see an Argentinian tripped up, they're normally writhing around on the ground for a while, so I was quite impressed at how quickly he got to his feet. <laughs> um, Heather, how far do you go with pitch invaders? Uh, it's hard to know what to do, isn't it? Look, I do think it's ridiculous that Sam Kane even had to be concerned about this. Mm. Someone's come onto the pitch inappropriately. Mm. Um, you don't know what sort of a threat the pitch invader represents. And as James said, if they're if they're clothed, who knows what they might be concealing? And um, what worries me the most, I think, is that this teenager now seems to have been vilified and turned into some sort of hero, which will just encourage others to do the same thing. It's a fair point, James. Mm. Yeah, it is actually. I think Heather sums it up nicely there. I mean, you don't know the threat. Uh, you, you take pretty much evasive action. You, you're, you know. You just come out of a huddle. You don't know who's hurtling towards you, but you know that, that something wrong is happening. And, yeah, that's that's the thing. He, this this kid has been rewarded. Hasn't he got some merch now as well? That's yeah. right. Yeah. Exactly. You see, Peter? <laughs> yeah, to be honest with you, as a good reader and consumer, I, I, I didn't read the story because there were other plenty of other sports stories going on in the world. <laughs> uh, you know, for example, like uh, Lisa Adams winning, you know, gold again, you know, Eliza, you know, McCarthy qualified for the Paris Olympics. White Ferns, you know, beat the Sri Lanka. You know, Black Ferns clinical, clinical against the Canadians. Yeah, but football this is Ferns. Pitch invasion. Yeah, no, I was actually <laughs> reading sports news, uh, um, so I didn't read. I didn't read the back of the hill um, two days in a row where they were covering it. I'm sorry, James. Um, nor did I listen to um, to other radio stations where they were covering it. I actually was interested in sport and the fact that we got the you know these footballers about to enter the country in seven days. Yeah. Greatest footballers in the world. Um, I'm I'm looking forward to that rather. Than um, the next uh, instalment of Sam yeah. Kane's. Oh, um, good on you, enough. Peter. Good I, on you. I had Take a headline. Round. Yeah, sure. I had a headline. Argentinian idiot gets caned. That's <sighs> oh, not bad. That goes straight out of the crowd. Goes wild, doesn't it, James? Yeah, you, you can have that one, James. Yeah, we'd appreciate it. But also, <laughs> it's yours. It's yours. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> appreciate that, Koha. You know what? I, I think that the, what Peter said sums it up, really, and I think that's uh, what I've noticed a lot on, online from mm. ex-rugby players. It's like the prominence of the story in the news, and maybe they'll say in the panel today, <laughs> is kind of out, of out of whack, if you'll excuse the pun, with what, what, what the offence was. And so it's above, the, you know, the Ukrainian war. It's above, you know, all sorts of death and destruction. And like Peter says... It's you know there's plenty of other sports news around, including you know that uh, the football ferns beating Vietnam last night and yeah. other things happening too. You know just constantly 
but this, I guess it's just a, a bit of celebrity, you know, a bit of stardust sprinkled on it. And well, fair enough. Like, people are talking about it. <laughs> Paul yeah. says, Rule 101, players do not get involved with pitch invaders. Um, Tim likes his history. Didn't Greg Chappell whack a streaker on the bum with his bat? Yeah, he did. He did. He whacked the streaker with his bum. Um, Andrew Simons, another Australian cricketer, sh- shoulder charged the streaker. Um, so, you know, these are the full nude men getting uh, punished out there. And, and you know, look, this is this is the thing. Like, there, they've been, I think, Martin Nonu... Um, Took down a streaker as well with a with a tackle. I mean, yeah, tackle Ma tackled the streaker. I should rephrase that. Mm-hmm. You should do yeah. best videos. I mean, you know, you should for one of your segments the best videos mm-hmm. of taking down streakers. Well, we there we go, yeah, James. That would be good. I'll, 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 I'll give We're you that call heart too. Today. Yeah. <laughs> Heather's given you one call heart. I've given you another. You come. You tested content sharing here. I'm, I'm glad I actually came on the show. You don't need an agreement of Google to have content sharing. <laughs> You've got one episode down, James. Thanks. I know. I oh. saw Ruben Wiki tackle a streaker once. He went, as they say, cheek to cheek because you know the pr- correct procedure. The streaker got up again, tried to escape. This is Forsyth Bar. And it was almost like a cheese grater when the when he was caught oh. up to by the um, yeah red badge security. Yeah, it wasn't pretty. Oh, but yeah, but this, though, these are the dangers of pitch invading. Exactly. Hey, good to have you on, James. As always, kia ora. Uh, that's uh, James McConey there from the crowd goes. Will you have him on tomorrow as well? <laughs> <laughs> You're going to have to watch tonight now. <laughs> uh, yeah, a bit of response, actually, uh, about the Sam Kane incident. Uh, and also, too, what movie could you watch? Uh, if, you, if, if I gave you $25,000, what movie could you watch for uh, 24 hours? Someone says, I could watch Withnall and I for 24 hours. Really? Um, someone says, Gone with the Wind. Uh, so, yeah, text me, 2101. We talk about that. Anyway, it is time for a favourite uh, a piece of mine on the panel. It happens every day, and it's called I've Been Thinking. Heather Roy, take it away. Thanks, Wallace. Um, I've been thinking about the political polls. It's 96 days out until the election on the 14th of October, and the political polls are the lifeblood of political junkies. You know, we hang out for the, the next one. But the results of the recent polls just seem a bit off to me, and, and I'm wondering if the polls are, in reality, um, polls apart from reality. So to get the best feel for how the public is feeling, um, you need a random sample. And that was much easier to achieve when everybody had a landline and was at home eating dinner at 6pm, but those days are sort of long gone. Um, Now many polls rely on opt-in invitations online to participate, so that detracts from random sampling. And fewer and fewer people, of course, do have landlines, and there isn't a register for cell phone numbers, so again, random sampling is compromised. And it's easy just to focus on the numbers, you know, which parties get, get what percentage of the vote. Um, but I think at the moment, much more accurate um, a measure of the um, of how the election night result might be is the question: Is the country heading in the right direction? And the right. last poll was the Roy Morgan one from last week, which found that 38% of Kiwis thought that we were heading in the right direction, but 54% thought we were heading in the wrong direction. And I think that's really instructive. So you also need to take into account um, okay. those who say they don't know or are undecided. And in that poll, it was around 8% of people. Sometimes it's as high as 12%. So that's a big margin of people you've got no feel for at all. Um, and then, of course, there's the wasted vote, which is redistributed among the, amongst the parties that are voted in. And um, okay. 
you know, polling is a real science, a statistical science, so there's much more to consider. Very good. And um, mm. one of the things my consulting company is doing is some voter talk podcasts, which um, look at these and other no. election issues. Uh, just mm. that simple question, mm. eh? is the country heading in the right direction? Yep. That may well be a poll uh, maybe uh, next week. We might do it on the panel. Mm. Anyway, thank you, Heather. Uh, Peter Fu, I've been thinking. Yeah, I've been thinking about uh, the revival of languages. So I've been researching that. Um, look, I um, I speak my native uh, language, which is Samoan, and of course English, um, and my third language is Indonesian, which is uh, a created language. Uh, Bahasa Indonesia was created post-World War II. So I've been Goodness. fascinated recently about revival of languages. And um, and did you know, Wallace, that Hebrew is, the, um, is, is seen as the the prime example of um, the revival, revitalization of language, uh, particularly um, you know, post-Holocaust uh, um, and post-World War II. Um, and then, of course, there's uh, the Celtic languages such as Welsh, uh, Manx, which is in the Isle of Man, um, and uh, um, Gaelic, Irish, um, and, and others. And, of course, Hawaii, Hawaiian as well, native Hawaiian. So um, it's interesting, in, in my research of, of um, and this is just, this is this is this is the spare time I have with six kids and every other governance <laughs> every governance role I have. But um, apparently, um, according to um, studies, there's sort of three methods in which uh, um, over the decades uh, um, organisations, particularly government and governments, have have taken in order to revive a language. One is full immersion. So, um, so for example, in the Isle of Man, Manx, um, they have medium language schools. Of course, in Scotland, in terms of um, um, Gaelic Scottish, and if you go to any of the um, you know government buildings. Uh, um, in Scotland um, and in Ireland now they've got the bilingualism um, and then of course the second method is bilingual uh, um, bilingualism um, you know and we've had the, you know, the, the issue around yeah. you know, bilingual signs uh, um, but I'm going to Europe later on this month so you know I don't know how I would do it you know going to go, you know, go, go, and go to some of these countries where you know where um, where they don't have bilingualism, um, but in Europe, of course, um, in most countries in Europe, they do. And the third is around reclamation, um, and you reclaim your whakapapa and your language as well. So, oh, fantastic, wonderful! I've been thinking, both of you. We have Peter Fafu and Heather Roy on. There's a lot to discuss. Do stay with us here on the panel, RNZ National.